0: We me mentioned also this morning, uh, Sister Lucille. Of course, she, of course, they're in the nursing home in uh, in Slater, and she called Miss Haggett this morning. She wasn't feeling real well, and so remember her in prayer, and uh, just ask the Lord just to be with her. Well, take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. You say, preacher, I know where you're headed. Well, that's good. Amen. Proverbs chapter three. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's word, if you're able to, this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, we're in a series that we've been preaching through on Sunday mornings that we've titled, With All Your Heart. You know, there's so much said about the heart in the Bible. And I believe that one of the problems today is with religion, with Christianity, is that our heart is not involved in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So many times we find this half-hearted living and half-hearted service to the Lord. And what's needed today is for Christians to live with their whole heart, to serve God with their whole heart. And everything that we do towards God, it ought to be our whole heart. Uh, my dad always told said if it's worth halfway doing, he said it's worth doing all the way. And so we need to be sure that we do everything that we uh, are supposed to for the Lord and that the Lord wants us to do with our whole heart and serving with our whole heart. And, and we've been preaching on this series and, and uh, it, it should stir our hearts to think that God wants us to live for him with everything within us. And that's our whole heart. Proverbs chapter 3, we'll begin reading verse 1. It says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not into thine, unto thine own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. He shall, it shall be health to thy navel, and moral to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine." And, of course, we look back at verse 5, which is our text this morning. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. We'd like to preach this morning, trust the Lord with all thine heart. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, I realize that there's no way that I can present the Word of God the way it needs being, except the Holy Spirit work in and through me. And, Lord, that you be glorified by your Word, Lord, as you speak to us. Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to draw near to you and to lift you up and to exalt you and to magnify you before the people. And Lord, I pray that there is someone here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, they don't know if they died today that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that they would come during the invitation time. Lord, let us take a Bible and show them how to be saved because it's so important. Lord, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We just know that you've given us a chance and opportunity to receive you as Savior and what we do with that will make a difference in eternity. Help them not to refuse, Lord, the opportunity today. Father, I pray every Christian here, Lord, stir our hearts to live for you, to serve you, and to trust you with our whole heart. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. Verses 5 and 6 uh, is quoted quite, all, quite often by a lot of people. In fact, uh, a lot of times uh, people ask me what my last verse is, and my last verse is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, 6, and 7. Trust the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And it goes on there and, so, and tells us, hey, listen, there's more than that. There's more than that. There's, the fact is, is that we need to trust the Lord, and we need to not be wise in our own eyes, and we need to make sure that, that we uh, depart from evil. And so it all goes together there. And, and, I, and I, I believe that one of the greatest things that we can do in our lives is to trust the Lord in everything, but I believe we need to trust Him with our whole heart. A lot of people today, they read those verses, they may quote those verses, and a lot of times we'll, you know, even like we do on maybe a Sunday night or something, we may give you an opportunity to stand up and say, hey, quote, a, quote your favorite verse or a verse that's on your heart. And a lot of people will quote verses five and six of, of Proverbs chapter three. Good verses, great verses, great, uh, verses that will transform your, your life if you live by those verses. But I fear that a lot of times today, a lot of people fail. They, they can quote it and, they, and they, they'll, they'll use it at different times. And especially when there's something going on, say, well, you need to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord with all thine heart, you know. But yet I don't think that we understand maybe and maybe not even bring it to a place in our lives where we really apply those verses to our hearts and lives. They're powerful verses. But we need to realize that they're so powerful that uh, they need to be implemented in our lives. You see, I believe with all my heart this morning that if a person that is lost even would look at that and begin to apply that to their hearts and lives, that they would turn to Jesus Christ and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior because then their heart would get involved and say, hey, listen, I need a Savior. I don't want to die and go to the devil's hell. I want a Savior. And they would turn to Jesus Christ and receive Him as Savior. My friend, this morning, let me say again, the church can't save you. The baptistry can't save you. Good works can't save you. The only thing that can save you is Jesus Christ, what He did at Calvary, died on the cross, shed His blood for your sin, rose again the third day. And because He lives, we can live also. But the Christian... If we would apply those verses there also, it'd bring about a powerful transformation in our lives as a Christian for the Lord. So let's look at it this morning here. It's, first of all, it's more than duty to obey and trust the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm going to pick on, on Clay just a minute. You know what, Clay? You're, you're engaged to that young lady sitting next to you. I don't think that, I know, how long have you known one another Three, three years? Going on four years, four years. They've rodeoed together. They're rodeoers over at Mo Valley. And I don't think that that day when he said, hey, listen, uh, and I don't know how he said it. He probably was sweating and everything. And, and, uh, and uh, she probably had to ask him to marry her, but I don't know. But anyway... <laughs> I doubt very much that Clay looked at her and said, hey, listen, we've been, you know, we've been rodeoing together, we've been going to school together and everything, and, and we've been dating all this time. I feel like it's my duty to marry you. I don't think that he, I don't think that's the way he felt. Is that the way he felt, Clay? You better say no. <laughs> I don't think it felt like it was his duty. I think that his heart got involved. And that from his heart, you know, that thing that when you see the right one it goes pity pity patter and flutter flutter and, and just all kinds of stuff. And I think it's because of his heart that he asked her to marry him. You say, well, you don't know Clay that well. I think I know him well enough that I think I know that, been around him enough. And I believe it's with his heart. And I doubt really, it, it, and it is possible, but maybe Bailey said, well, I feel like it's my duty to say yes. After all, you did buy a ring. So, all you know, it's a duty. No, I don't think that was the case. I think it was with her heart. Do you know what the Lord? Yes, duty is good in many respects and a lot of things. But Christian, listen to me this morning. To live for the Lord, to trust the Lord with all your heart is more than just duty. And a lot of Christians today are living out of duty instead of, living because they're trusting the Lord with all their heart look at verse 1 it says my son forget not my law notice what he says but let thine heart let thine heart keep my commandments he didn't say just put them in your head he said let your heart keep my commandments many people try to serve the Lord cause they say well you know I feel like it's my duty or or, or people say it's my duty and you know, can I say this? That's not, a, that's not a, a, very, uh, a very good relationship. That's a terrible relationship. As I used uh, 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 Clay and, and Bailey here, that would be a terrible relationship. Somebody says, oh, you must be in love. No, we're just doing this out of duty. We're just getting married because of duty. We, we've known one, one another long enough. We feel like it's our duty. No. That'd be a terrible relationship, a relationship that wouldn't last. And what is needed today in our lives is for us to serve the Lord, not out of duty, but because of our heart. It's more than simply submitting to duty. It's the, the, you know, the thou shall nots and the thou shouts in the word of God. And a lot of Christians live that way. It's only about the thou shall nots and thou shouts. They're always looking to see, oh, I've got to do this, I can't do this, I've got to do this, I can't do this. And they're looking at it from a standpoint of a duty. But it's about a loving devotion. To the will of the Lord. It's about your heart. It's about cherishing truth. No, sir, he says, but let thine heart keep my commandments. That's truth. He said, it's about cherishing truth and which is God's word and also Jesus Christ. He is truth. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so it's about cherishing him and loving the Lord. When when Janine and I got married, and after that, you know, and I've and I've said this many times, I'll be honest with you, there's not I it's not like, okay, she doesn't come to me. Okay, no, you can't go, you can't do this and you can't do that. You can't, you can't date. You can't uh, do this and that and all that. We're married. No. Hey, listen, it was with my heart. I made a commitment to her. And I desired to please her. It wasn't out of duty. It was because of my heart. And with our heart, we should love the Lord and we should trust the Lord with our heart, our whole heart, not just part of it. It's not just about the head knowledge of the Lord and His Word and the commands, but a heart that's moved and stirred by the Lord and His Word to live accordingly. You know, a lot of times we look at the Bible, and if all you're doing is looking for the thou shalt nots and the thou shalts in here and trying to live by every little dot and, 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 and exclamation point and everything else in here because of it being your duty, you're miserable can I tell you what? I enjoy being saved. I enjoy knowing Jesus Christ my Savior. I enjoy the Christian life. Why do you enjoy preaching? preacher? Because I love him and because my heart is connected with him. I want to I do the word of God. I want to do what he says because it's pleasing unto him. And I love him. It's with my heart, not just something that's in my mind. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Didn't say that I've stored them up in my brain. I can, hey, listen, I, I, can, I can stand here and I can quote scripture that's in my brain. But just like this verse, that verse is in my heart. And we ought to, hey, listen, the, the word of God ought to go into our hearts. He says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you only have it here, your tendency is to do things out of duty and you're going to have more of an opportunity to fail him and to fall short and to go into sin. But when it reaches your heart and when it's hid in your heart, when it's stored up in your heart, when you made that commitment with your heart unto God, it's a whole different picture. It's a whole different story. You know why a lot of marriages break up today? Because it wasn't with the heart. They thought they was in love. And it never reached the heart. So our hearts must be tender and receptive of his will and direction for our lives. He tells us here in verse 1, he says, but let thine heart keep my commandments. He said, don't forget my law. He said, my son, forget not my law. He said, but, keep thy heart, uh, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Many, uh, many times we don't prepare our hearts. We come in, we sit down in the services and our heart's not prepared to receive the word of God. Oh, we've got our, we're listening. We got our ears on, you might say. But we haven't prepared our heart to receive what God has for us. If it's like this, uh, let's say that uh, let's say uh, uh, that uh, uh, that uh, uh, Brian uh, uh, invites me over to eat, and and so uh, uh, that day he said we're going to eat at six o'clock. Brother Haggard once you come over, he said I'm I'm going to fix. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to fry some chicken. We're going to have mashed potatoes. We're going to have homemade biscuits. We're going to have corn on the cob. Make you hungry yet? And we're going. And he's fixing all this big meal. And so about 4.30 or so, I go somewhere. And I eat me a great big old steak. I eat me a great big old baked potato. And, and I, 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 I eat a big old dessert. And so then I look at my watch. Oh, it's, it's a quarter to six. I got to get over to Brian's. Guess what? I didn't prepare my stomach or myself to receive what He's worked hard to give me. Fixed it out, wanted to enjoy the time together. I wasn't prepared, was I? We walk through those doors on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, maybe in other services, a revival service, and we haven't prepared our heart to receive what God has prepared for us. We need to prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God hey, listen, I could go to his house after I ate all that and I could just kind of walk out there, pick up a a chicken leg and chew a little bit off of it, pick up a half a biscuit and and nibble here and nibble there and and take a bite off the corn on a cob and eat a little bit of the the potatoes and stuff there and and, and gravy and and say, oh, boy, that sure was good. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And leave it all on the table. Say, preacher, that would be rude. Preacher, that's, that's bad. Not as bad as it is that we fill our lives up with everything. Instead of preparing our hearts, and we fill our hearts up with this world, instead of preparing our hearts to trust the Lord and to follow Him, to obey Him, to allow Him to do what He wants to in our lives and, uh, and to allow Him to have control of our lives, we need to prepare that heart. There's, Hey, listen, there, uh, if we prepare that heart, God will fill it. In Ezra chapter 7, In verse 10, it says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach it in Israel, statutes and judgments. So we need to prepare our hearts for the word of God. We're to trust him, but we're to take the word of God, put it in our hearts so that we can trust him by his word. There must be a preparation of the heart. Well, preacher, how do you prepare? Well, first of all, you draw near unto the Lord with your heart. If I'm going to prepare for a meal, I've got, to, I've got to think about, well, I've got to go there. I've got to draw near to where that, that meal's going to be. We'll talk about that. I w- you know, I, it wouldn't be much preparation if I, if I stayed at home and didn't go to Brian's for the meal. No, we have to draw near unto the Lord with our heart. That he might fill that heart, that we might trust him. We need to draw near to the Lord with the heart. We need to yield ourselves, and we need to fall in love with the Lord as we begin to understand all that He has done and is doing for us. That's preparation, preparing. Here, and I don't, you know, I I, I don't know the dates or anything, but before long, Bailey's going to, and, and I I got a a sneaking suspicion that she's already preparing a little bit. Are you? A little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. Guys, you know what that means? A little bit. But anyway, they begin to prepare. And, you know, you they, they say, when did she start preparing? As soon as that, that engagement ring slid onto her finger. Maybe before then, knowing most women. She began to prepare. She began to make preparation. Your life and my life is the same way. We need to prepare that heart so that God can do a great thing. You know why she's preparing? Because she loves clay. Do you know why we ought to prepare our hearts to receive the word of God? Because we love the Lord. Not just living out of duty. Not just doing what we do out of duty. I don't step up here in this pulpit and just preach because it's my duty. Hey, listen, I love the Lord. I love to preach the word of God. I love what God has to say. You may not get anything out of it, but I get a lot out of it. Amen. You just get to listen to me talk to myself. That's all there is. <laughs> so many times we don't realize that we need to prepare our hearts ahead of time, so we'll have an understanding. In John chapter fourteen, verse twenty-three, Jesus answered and said to them, "If any man, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and will come uh, come unto him, and we will make our abode. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. You see, it's not the duty. It's about love. It's about the relationship with the Lord. How can we trust the Lord with all our heart? It starts with love. It starts with loving Him with all our heart, first of all. Trusting Him. You don't want uh, your kids. They trust you because they know you love them. They trust you. Many times we don't trust the Lord because we don't love Him like we ought to. We're to love Him with all of our heart. So the Christian life is, is blessed and is more, it's more than duty. It's a heart that is after the Lord. Then the heart must enthrone the truth and, the, and mercy. Look at verse 3 and 4 there. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. That word mercy there is loving kindness. Loving kindness. The law was given by Moses, but grace was given by Jesus Christ. That's the mercy. That's the loving kindness. You say, well, preacher, what is loving kindness really like? Well, it's like this. A teacher one day, she asked a little girl in her class, she said... What's the difference between kindness and loving kindness? And the little girl looked at her and she said, well, kindness would be this. I go to my mom and say, Mom, can I have a piece of bread with butter on it? And my mom gives me a piece of bread with butter on it. That's kindness. She said, but if I go to my mom and say, Mom, can I have a piece of bread with butter on it? And my mom gives me a piece of bread with butter on it, but she puts a little bit of jam on it. She said, I didn't ask for the jam, but she knows I like it. And she gives it to me. She said, that's loving kindness. It's more than kindness. Do you realize that when you got saved, when you asked Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin, come into your heart and life and save you, that was the kindness of God. That was the mercy of God. But the loving kindness was that he has given us so much more than salvation. He's given us so much more than keeping us from dying and going and, 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 and dropping off into a lake of fire, a place called hell. He's given us so much more that we have not asked for. Can you understand this morning that He loves you so much that He's willing to give you so much more than you deserve and that I deserve? And many times we don't realize the, the loving kindness of the Lord and His mercy that He's shown to us in the grace of God. Jesus saved us and he called, uh, when we called upon Him. And he showed us more than just kindness. He showed us loving kindness. So we're to grasp and engrave the, the truth there. They says, is, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Otherwise, don't lose it. Don't give up on it. And So we're to grasp it. We're to take it. We're to put that truth in our hearts. You Notice know, Sarah, in verse 3 says, uh, bind them ab- uh, about thy neck. Write them upon the tables of thine heart. We're coming back to the heart again. He's talking about putting the, the, the truth, putting the mercy and truth in and, and, and the Word of God, putting it in your heart. He says, we're to put it there. Well, there's a table. He calls it the tables of thine heart. If we go back far enough into, into the Old Testament, we find that Moses took a, a table or a tablet, basically, made out of stone. He took it up before the Lord, and, and the Lord wrote upon it and, and give us the, the Ten Commandments that we, that we have in our Bible today. He says that there's a table in your heart. He says, I want you to engrave it upon the Word of God. I want you to engrave it, the love of God and the mercy of God. He said, I want you to engrave it, etch it into the tables of your heart. And, and by this, uh, listen, you'll understand and you'll know the mercy and the loving kindness of God. You see, we can talk about it from here, but we experience it from here. A lot of people can talk a good talk. A lot of people can talk. They can quote verses and and a lot more verses than I can quote. And a lot of people can give you all the the different things and, and knowledge about the Word. Hey, I want to tell you something. Knowledge is good, but what we need is we need it etched into the tables of our heart. We need to know the Lord with our heart so that we'll be able to trust Him with our heart. You see, if the Word of God and your love is only right here, That's where you're going to trust him from. And if you're only trusting from here, then everything you see and everything you hear is going to affect this. But I'm going to tell you something. Just like Bailey and and Clay getting married, about the heart, it's able to overlook some difficult times and some struggles because of the love in the heart. There's been times in your life, in my life, that hey, listen, if we would have had our love would have come from here instead of here, we'd have give up on it. It takes it from the heart, the struggles and, and, and the and the problems that we face uh, in, in a marriage or in a relationship. If it's if it's connect if we if our love is connected with the heart, we can get past anything. But if you only have a head knowledge you're probably going to fall from it. You see, we're not just to store up knowledge in our head. We're to write it in the tables of our heart, the Word of God. Verse 4 there says, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. He said, listen, by, by this we find more than just knowledge. We find understanding and we find favor in the sight of the Lord. You know what? If all you have is what you hear preached... It doesn't get any farther than here. And all you have as far as your relationship with God is here and it's never reached here, you don't have a lot of understanding. Over the years, my wife and I, we have grown closer together and closer together. And what we have is an understanding because it's based upon our hearts. You can generally, most of the time, You've heard me say this before. Most of the time, you could go to my wife and say, what would your husband say about this? And you can tell her. And she would, could probably tell you what I would probably say. Most of the time. Now, you come to me and ask me what my wife would say. I said, even God doesn't really know that. <laughs> so I do have an understanding, don't I? Say <laughs> so why do you say it, preacher? Because... It changes all the time sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. But the fact is, is that with the heart, there comes understanding. It's a relationship. It's not just cold facts. A lot of Christians only live by cold facts without a heart of understanding and a a warmness and a relationship with the Lord. And so what we're needing is we're needing to take the Word of God and, and build it into a relationship with our heart. That's why he tells us to store it up into our hearts. We find that favor and the direction of our, Lord, in our lives and the blessings of God follow that favor. Day by day, gaining more understanding and direction of the Lord. Then we have a divine promise because of what we just read in verses 1 through 4. We have a divine promise. And this is where we pick up about trusting the Lord with all of our heart. After all this, after you've taken the word of God, after you've placed it in your heart, after you've built your love around the things of God with your heart, not your knowledge, but with your heart. After it's been built into your heart, then you have a divine promise. Verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Let me stop there for a minute. He didn't say with a little piece of it. He said with all thine heart. And lean not into thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You know, we live in a messed up world. Can I say that it's not just this day and time, but it's always been messed up? After, after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it messed it up. And it's because of sin. And since Adam and Eve, it's got progressively worse. A little more here, a little more there, a little more there. Until today, we, we're living in an abundance of sin and wickedness in our day and time. And the world is truly messed up. In fact, we've got to a place where we call that which is good, we call it bad or wrong. That which we call, uh, uh, used to call evil, we now call it good. And we call good evil. We have messed things up. No longer do we uh, uh, think that living for the Lord is the greatest thing, but today we think that living after self is the greatest thing. This world is messed up. Man's lost his bearings, and he struggles in, in, in which way to go in life, being pulled by sin and the flesh and the world one way, away from God. In fact, in, in, in 1 John 2, 16, says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And you know what those things do? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, they are pulling you away from God. It's a, it's a constant pull against you, pulling you away from the things of God. And then you have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, that as a Christian dwells within you, what not what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you've been bought with a price. We therefore, glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. And so the Spirit of God is pulling the Christian, trying to pull you towards God. And so you're, you're confused. You're back and forth. If you're lost this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life has already pulled you afar away, and the Spirit of God is trying to get you to come to Jesus Christ as Savior. And so many times what happens is even the Christian or a lost person, we become confused. It would be like taking, going downstairs and, 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 and uh, getting one of the little children downstairs, maybe a three or four year old and, and taking them to New York City and say, okay, uh, we, live, uh, we live on such and such street at such and such address. And you drop them off in the middle of, of New York City and you turn around and you leave them and you expect them to get home. We become confused. They don't know which way way to go. They don't know which way to turn. They don't know how to find their way out of that big city. And many times in the Christian life, and we're the same way. We're confused. Why? Because we're being pulled one way, and then we're being pulled another way, and we're being pulled another way, and we're being pulled continually. And we don't know who to trust. Have you got the idea lately that you don't know who to trust? I mean, that's been pretty big lately, hasn't it? I mean, used to when you had Walter Cronkite, he'd tell you what happened. He wouldn't put in, interject any of his stuff. He'd just, this is what has been reported happened, and that's it. Now we've got all this other stuff they're telling us, well, we think it happened this way because of this and for this purpose and, and this, and, and it's just a big mess. And so we've got to a point, we don't know who to trust. Can I tell you that there's one that we can always trust? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. But this world is pulling us back and forth continually. And so we're confused and without an understanding of who to trust. But you know what the Lord has promised? He's promised a way of peace and direction for our lives if we'll accept it. There in verse 5 again it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not into thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. We find that you know, what's happening today is that it, 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 it comes by trusting him that all of our heart, and it's a great contrast by what a lot of people are doing today. A lot of people are not trusting in the Lord with all their heart, they're trusting their heart. Instead of trusting God with all their heart, they're trusting their heart. Well, this is the way I think it ought to be. This is what it ought to do. And this is what I say it ought to be. And this is what I feel like it ought to be. Well, how does it line up with the Word of God? We talked about that in verses 1 through 4. But you know what the Bible says about the person trusting his own heart? We find over in, in Proverbs 28, 26, it says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Why? Because your heart, your own heart, if you trust your own heart, it'll mislead you. You say, well, I thought you're supposed to trust the Lord with all your heart. You're trusting the Lord with your heart. You're not trusting your, yourself. So today, many are trusting in their own heart, in their own way, and whether it be a, lo- a person who's lost for, uh, and needs eternal salvation, or whether it's a Christian living the Christian life. Many are trusting their own hearts. There's conditions laid out for, the, for a divine guidance from God. If we're going to have this guidance from God, if we're going to be able to see God's hand work in our lives and direct us, he tells us again there, he says in verse 5, says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean on to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And so what we have, first of all, he tells us to trust in the Lord with, well, say it with me, all thine heart. Let's say it one more time. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Real quickly, I had art class in my office this morning. Believe it or not, I cut that out myself. <clears throat> and I did not hurt myself with the scissors either. You see, I see some white on there. You didn't get it all cut out. I didn't say I was good at art. So we'll let that represent our heart. I mean, our heart don't look like that, but let's say that that is. He says, all thine heart. That is a, that is a complete heart, is it not? Shake your head, let me hear it rattle. That's a complete heart. But let's say that uh, I'm going to trust. Let's say that that I'm going to trust in, in my feelings. There's my feelings right there. Well, I'm going to trust in what, what Wyatt says. Well, I, I, well, you know, the news people, they think that they're really smart. I'm going to trust in what they're saying. Well, guess what? I'm going to... You know what, I've been reading one of these help books. And so there's one of my help books. Well, you know what, i seen this guy on TV. He really seems smart. So I'm going to trust him. Okay, God, now I'm going to trust you. That's not what the verse says. It says, trust the Lord with all thine heart. Can I tell you this morning that so many times as a Christian, we're dividing our heart up with everything else, our feelings, what somebody else says, with what the news is saying, with what somebody, some TV talk show, or maybe a book, instead of trusting the Lord with all of our heart. Our problem today is, folks, that... Even as Christians, our heart has been torn into pieces and divided. And we wonder why we still are pulled back and forth and don't know what God's trying to lead us to do. And we still wonder why we struggle with so many things in our lives. And we wonder why that it seems like that, uh, I, I, that we just don't know the right decision to make in circumstances of our lives. Can I tell you why? Well, preacher, I prayed about it. Yeah, but you only used part of your heart to pray about it. That means you only use part of your knowledge of the Word of God to pray about it. Our problem today is, hey, listen, we have divided our heart. If we want the divine direction of God in our lives to direct us and to guide us, He says, trust in the Lord with, say it with me, all thine heart. All of it. Not just a little piece of it, but all of it. All of it. You say, preacher, is it possible? I, I, I realize that I'm kind of that way. I'm, not, I'm trusting myself. I'm trusting what I hear. I'm trusting this person. I'm following this and I'm following that. Is it possible to gather that all back up and, 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 to, and to give it back to God and, and to put that heart back together and, 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 to, and begin to trust Him with all my heart and, and, to, and, and to once again have the direction of God in my life? Yes, it is. It really is. That's magic trick here. You didn't see that. It's all back together. God says, trust me with all. There is no more than all and there is no less than all. All. Thine heart. He says, I want you to trust me with everything. He said, well, preacher, how can I how can I love the Lord with all my heart? How can I trust the Lord with all my heart? I've got children. And, and, and I've got, I love them too. Can I, can I explain that to you? It's like this. There's a relationship to be like, Janine and I, we've got four children. I love my children. I don't want to offend anybody, but I love my children more than I love your children. Why? Because of her. She is the mother of my children, and I love her, and because of my love for her, I'm able to love them in a greater way than I love somebody else's children. When you love God with all your heart, you're able to love with a greater ability than you ever had before. You're able to do more than you ever was before. You have greater answers than you ever had before concerning the problems of life and the struggles that you're gonna face when you trust the Lord with all your heart, not just a part of it. So we're not to just halfway, whole heart, we're to half heartedly. When you, when you trust the Lord with our heart, that means that that's every thought, that's every affection, every desire to be given to His direction to, to the best of your ability. For the, for the loss, you, you must put your trust in the Lord with your heart also. If you're lost this morning and you want to receive Jesus Christ your Savior, you, you receive him with your heart. In fact, in Romans, uh, it tells us there in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Listen to this. He says, that if thou shalt confess thy mouth, uh, with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. It's with the heart that we receive Jesus Christ. Hey, you say, well, preacher, you know, I've run across people who, who said they, that they got saved, and boy, they don't never go to church, they don't never serve God, they cuss, they drink, they do all this junk in their wicked life, you can't tell any different between them and the lost world. They may have got it here, but they never got it here. Can I tell you something? Those that got it here but didn't get it here won't be up there. Because he said with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. It's with the heart. I'm not saying that we won't sin. I'm not talking about that, folks. I'm saying that, hey, listen, when you receive Jesus Christ, it's with the heart that you receive Jesus Christ. Then after salvation, the Christian is, is to live and, and by trusting the Lord with all his heart and, and, to, and, and for the Lord to lead him and to guide him. That means that there's a distrusting of self. If you're to trust the Lord, you've got to distrust yourself. Well, I think I can handle this. That's your problem right there. You think you can handle it. Well, I know. That's your problem. You know. Well, I've... That's your problem. It's you. You see, it's, your life should be about the Lord. He said there, and lean not into thine own understanding. So many today fail and they fall into the tragedy of self-reliance. I'm talking about Christians today. There must be an inclusion also of the Lord, not an exclusion of Him in all our ways. Look at verse 6, says, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. That means that you're including Him into everything. You're including him into your work, your talk, your actions... All that you do, you're including him, not excluding him. Let me, uh, uh, Bailey and, and, and Clay, one of the greatest uh, uh, advices that I can give you, and it's been a pleasure to be able to, to kind of be your pastor a little bit while you're here, but the greatest information I can give you is to always include the Lord in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in the raising of your children, in everything you do. Amen. Inclusion. Here's what a lot of people do. I, well, well, preacher, I include him. I, I, I church. I sang the songs. I put money in the offering plate, and, you know, I, I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night. I, I included him in my life. What you do on Monday to include him? Mm-hmm. Many, they include him on Sunday and maybe Wednesday night, but they exclude him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do this. Well, are you including the Lord? No, I don't think i better include the Lord in that because He might not really like that. Well, that's your problem. You're excluding Him to direct you, to guide you. We need to include Him in everything, in our lives. It doesn't matter whether it's your job or what it is. Everything. He needs to be included in our lives. Every area. Far too many Christians are glad to they're going to heaven. But they only want to include the Lord on Sunday. Listen, we need to make sure that we include Him in every area of our life. The fear of the Lord is part of trusting Him also in your heart. Look at verse 7. It says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. To be wise in the Lord begins with fear of the Lord. In fact, we find over in Proverbs nine ten it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom. That fear is... When you begin to realize that He's your creator, yes, but He's also your judge one day. It's a reverence of rendering gratitude of of heart for mercy and salvation. It's surrender to His will and and to follow His word and the Spirit of God. It'll cause you to repent when you sin. It'll, It'll cause you to depart from evil. To get away from things that should not be in your life. It'll be, you begin to realize that that's harming me, that's not right with God, and it'll cause you to say, "I want to get away from it. That's the fear of the Lord. Because I want to please God. I don't want to displease Him. I want to serve God." In fact, we find over in Second Timothy chapter two and verse 19, in the latter part of that verse says, "Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, otherwise that are saved, that knows Jesus Christ their Savior, depart from iniquity." Then in closing, trust in the Lord with all your heart, will bring direction in your life and it'll bring the blessings of the Lord into your life. In Proverbs chapter 3 there in verse 2, notice what it says, For length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto thee. Well, I'll tell you what, that sounds like some pretty good things to have in your life. Peace, length of days, long life. Sound like a pretty good deal. But that's what, when you put the Lord first in life, when you take His word and you write it upon the tables of your heart, and when you trust Him with all your heart, you see, without the Lord having to continually correct you, He'll bless your days with a long life and with peace. I've stood in hospitals when people are about ready to die. And some, it's like they're excited to go to be with the Lord. And now I've actually stood there and heard others as they speak to me and say, Preacher, I wish I'd have lived differently. I wish I'd have got saved sooner. I wish I'd have lived more for the Lord. I've had two or three tell me, Preacher, do you know that the Lord called me to preach? And I told him, No. My life's been a mess. My friend... If you'll trust the Lord with all your heart, there'll be peace. That doesn't mean that everything around you, that there's not going to be storms and troubles and difficulties. But it sure is nice to be able to be at peace in the storm. To be able to say, Lord's got this. He's going to take care of it. And the peace of God, the Bible says, it passes all understanding to trust Him. In the most difficult times, and I, 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 I still go back and think about my mom was dying. They sent her home to die. My daughter was being operated. Sur- they doing brain surgery. My dad was, uh, was in a mess. And there was just a peace in that, all that storm. My friend, can I tell you something? I don't like the storms, but it sure is nice to have peace in them. Sure, it's nice to have peace in them. Be able to pill your head knowing that God's got it. You can if you trust Him with all your heart. Verse 8 it says, It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones, otherwise, the blessings in your life. It says, Honor the Lord with the substance and with the first fruits of thine increase, otherwise, He's going to increase those things in your life. It says, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. Otherwise, he said, I will bless even the doings of your hands. He said, I will take care of your needs that you have. Doesn't mean that he's going to make you a millionaire, but he said, listen, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. I can stand here and tell you time and time again, didn't have the money to pay a bill or take care of certain things. Guess what? God always came through. Always came through. Not always the way I thought it would happen. I mean, there was one child paid with hail damage on on a vehicle that I had. Thank you, Lord, for the hail. (laughs) Other things, I could stand here and name them. How God changed things. Caused insurance companies to say that they wouldn't pay for another child. And then all of a sudden they issued a check and paid for that child being born. And I can stand here and go all day and tell you about the hand of God and how He blesses if we'll trust Him with all our heart. Trust in the Lord. Listen to me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. God will bless, but you've got to give him all your heart. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for the love and the mercy that you've shown to us. Help us to trust you with all of our heart. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be difficult times, but Lord, you'd be there for us in those difficult times and struggles. Doesn't mean there won't be health issues, but you'll be there with us during those. You'll give a peace. You'll take care of things doesn't mean that we're not going to face difficulties and problems at work and in the world and in in our nation, Lord, but you said that you'd be there for us, that you'd give us direction, you'd give us wisdom. So, Lord, help us to trust you with all our heart, not just pieces of it, not just little pieces here and there, but all of our heart. Lord, there may be somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, their Savior. Lord, I pray that you'd call them out today, Lord, that they'd come. Let me take a Bible and show them how to be saved. May they come forward in this invitation and receive Christ as their Savior. Or then they too can trust you with all their heart. Then they can know what it is to have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Then they can know what it is to have the direction of God instead of being confused which way to go in this day and time. Lord, have your will and way. In this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me this morning with your heads bowed?